Welcome to the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast. Merry Christmas and welcome to another episode of the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast, the podcast where each week we take a passage of the Bible, we read it together and we get the three different perspectives off of three different people. Welcome to our Christmas-themed episode. As always, I've got uh, the expert, Lachlan Miller. Hello. I've got our newbie, Morgan Carter. Hi. And myself, Joshua Lee, the PK pastor's kid. As I said before, it's our Christmas episode and we're in between seasons. So Mm -hmm. we've we've finished Genesis and our plan is to go into Acts. But for us here now, it's Christmas. So we thought, well, why not, you know, celebrate and uh, cover again, technically again, because we have actually um, looked at the birth of Jesus. But why Mm. don't we... um, you know, go back and we we do we do Christmas. Yeah, do Christmas I mean, themed episode seems the right theme to cover right now. Given I think so. that it's literally what? How many days till Christmas? A week? A week less than exactly a week as we record this. Exactly. Yeah, which is exciting. And we've all we've sort of uh, we've all got our uh, themed appropriate um, attire on at the moment, and, and we've got what is it? The dogs in Santa in Santa hats. You've got a. Ugly, ugly sweater, a Star Wars ugly sweater on. Is- um, I'm offended by your use of the word ugly, but yes, this is an ugly Christmas sweater, an ugly Christmas which sweater. is a Christmas tree made out of X-Wings with the Death Star as the star on top. Mm. And I love it. And I wish that we lived in a cooler climate for Christmas <laughs> so I could actually wear it more. But instead, it's like solid 40 degrees outside. What are you rocking, Morgan? I'm an elf, but it's 31 degrees here, so the aircon's on 18, and I'm <laughs> so hot. Yes, we are. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not slaving away, but the you guys are tr- braving the heat in our in our Australian Christmas, which is not cold. It's the, quite the opposite. The sacrifices we make for our viewers. Yep, specifically for the. Viewers, not the listeners. Yeah, the listeners were like, "Well, that was a waste of two minutes of my yeah. life." <laughs> well, but if so, if you're listening, you can just imagine what we're wearing currently, and we've got some Christmas decorations here. So, how have we how have we all been? How's the lead up to Christmas been? Uh, busy. <laughs> that was a word that was banned in our Genesis season yes. by our producer. We weren't allowed to use the word busy, yep. but like as the year rushes to the end, that is exactly how I feel. I don't have a spare evening until Christmas is over. Um, uh, Last night we had our carol event at church, which was huge and lots went into that. And then today all the pastors just packed things up from the carols event. Uh, When you live the life of a pastor, there's so many things you end up doing that Mm. you're like, I was never trained to pull apart these things. But uh, anyway, that's what I'm going to do as my job right now. Yep. Um, But just lots happening, trying to catch up with everyone before the new year as if I'm not going to see them all in January, but there's just mm. something about seeing people before the end of the year that has made this season of life very busy, but very enjoyable. Mm. That's that, me. Yeah, that always seems to be the way. Everyone that you've you've said that you're going to see throughout the year, mm-hmm. you're now having to cram. Yes. How are you? How are you going, Morgan? Yeah, I'm good. Fine. I'm pretty chill leading up to Christmas. Just counting down. I've got three shifts left till my leave. Nice. Um. Yeah, mine's pretty quiet, relaxed. That's but, yeah. yeah. That's very very similar to myself. I. Um, during this period of uh, time, there's not many projects running. Everyone mm-hmm. sort of shuts down for the for the year, so it's been pretty quiet for my myself, which is both kind of relaxing but also stressful at the same time because you got no work <laughs> coming in until New Year. Everything starts back up again, and you go back into that flow. But um, it's been 
quiet and busy at the same time because then all of a sudden you'd saw those other jobs that you sort of push, put off mm. um, because you were working, you were busy and now, you know, it's been busy getting like all your um, Christmas gifts uh, ready and then for me with cadets or wrapping that up in the end of the year and all those other odd jobs that you just like, yeah, now I've got the time to do that now. I probably should do that now. But yeah, no, it's been it's been nice. Once we get this episode out, I can probably relax. <laughs> <laughs> that would be lovely that for would be you, the fi- That would be one of the final things I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to do. For the end of the end of the year. Oh, that's, actually, that's the other thing I've I've got to do is I'm preaching nice. um, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you should probably write that sermon. Yeah. Well, funny enough, it's uh, we're doing Luke, yeah. Luke two, Luke two. <laughs> yep. Good. It's a pretty classic yeah. Christmas. I know. Passage. Surprise, surprise, surprise. We're doing we're doing that passage out of all passages on Christmas. But I think we'll get to Luke two later yes. in the episode. Before we get to that. What does everyone's Christmas look like? It's Christmas can be one of those times where it's very different for everyone. Mm. Um, be very different um, emotions, feelings, whilst also locations, people that you see. It can be all very different. Um, so, what does it look like for us? Um, well, I normally find Christmas a pretty hard time of year um, with not much family, um, so it's pretty quiet. I don't really do a lot to celebrate it. Just going to have a quiet one with my dog and probably just eat some nice food at home. But, yeah, just very chill. Mm. What about you, Lockie? What do you do for Christmas? So I grew up in what I call a, as a pseudo-pastor's kid, Mm. if you remember my interview from a while ago, which means that church has always been a huge part of my Christmas Day experience. And now I literally work for a church, so church will continue to be a huge part of my Christmas Day experience. And so we'll, um, this year, we're doing a few Christmas Eve services and then only the one service on Christmas Day, Mm, which means we'll be out earlier than usual. Uh, But, yeah, we'll go celebrate the fact that Christmas is the moment that God became a human. We're celebrating the incarnation. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll have a church service that celebrates that. And then we, since getting married, we now do both families on the one day, Mm. um, which can be a little exhausting but is also greatly joyful. Like it's great moments of joy. So we'll rush from church to M's family for lunch. And then we will, after eating way too much at lunch and feeling very full and sleepy, trek over to my parents' place who live three hours away from M's parents' place and probably get there just in time for an after-dinner snack. But then we'll spend the week with my parents out at their property to uh, sort of make up for the fact that we will miss most of Christmas with them. Yep. Um, but, yeah, sort of church and family is the best sum up of what mm. Christmas will look like for me this year. Excellent. How about you, Josh? Like yours, mine's very similar. Um, being PK, church, Christmas time, it's always been um, quite busy. It's never it's never sort of a relaxing day. There's a lot that gets crammed into, into Christmas, uh, especially with church in the morning and with um, back – you know, back with sort of that more family life with the parents was, you know, church in the morning. But however, this year we're only doing the Christmas Eve service mm. and we're not doing a Christmas Day service just purely because they are, it, it, you know, Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday and they're so close. So yeah. we just made that decision. Make it nice and easy uh, on ev- everybody. So that'll be nice. So Alyssa and I will get to, you know, spend that little bit of a morning together and then we'll go over to her um parents place and we'll have that uh time together have a meal before we have to then uh head over to my parents place and then that'll be the evening side of things Mm. Um, so again very similar to to yours where it's filled with um family time but Mm. uh and a lot of eating um that's i mean 
the one time of the year that I get to just gorge and not <laughs> feel guilty. It's <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, just again, filled filled with family and the juggling of having to go and try and fit it all in with all in within the one day. Mm. Yeah, it's huge. Yes. Now another big part of Christmas is gift giving that has become part of our culture. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've already been a part of a few secret Santas with different groups. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we might do a little bit of a game with us here. And I found a website that randomly generates Bible characters. And so I thought it would be funny if we had to come up with a secret Santa gift for specific Bible characters. Um, So has everyone at least mentally prepared what they would buy their characters? Yeah, I, I, truth be told, I had to, I, I attempted to Google this because I was like, all right, let's just stab in the dark. Let's see what, um, and are we revealing who we have? Well, I think we go around one at a time. So the way I did it is I found an Old Testament character and a New Testament character for each of us mm. and assigned it to us all. Um, so it sounds like we should start with you, Josh. Yep. Um, which Old Testament character have you drawn for Secret Santa? So I've got. King David, and I think it's maybe important to say it is King David because David has a couple of like well, versions of himself. Right? <laughs> it's not the like you know, yep. it's not the young battle of Goliath. You know, David versus Goliath. Um, David, it's yeah, King buy David. Him a bag of rocks. Be yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> there, that easy present. Whereas, and it's King David. And I did Google what Christmas present to give King David, and all that came up with presents for a king. But also <laughs> presents for Messiah, and I was like, "Oh, hang on! Now this is getting this is now getting into the weeds of like um, what the gold the and frankincense, frankincense <laughs> and all, yeah, of what they um, what the wise men, um, the magi gave." Racking my brain about it, what do you give a king? Mm. Um, so, I think what I would give him for a Secret Santa is. Uh, 170 tons of gold, 340 tons of silver, 620 tons of bronze, and more than 3,400 tons of iron. (laughs) I have so many follow-up questions. I don't know about you, Morgan. I want to be your secret secret. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if I had the ability to obtain all that stuff, that's what I would give. Uh, Yeah, so my first question is why, and my second question is how are you affording it? (laughs) Well... I didn't know if there was any rules about if we could afford it or we could obtain it. I assume How that was implied, but that's well, okay. <laughs> I went with more the funny answer. Um, it actually comes from um, 1 Chronicles 29, mm. um, if anyone picked that up. Um, and certain translations <laughs> give the exact number of uh, the gifts David was trying to uh, acquire for building. What was he building? Um, it was gifts for the temple that he was building. Well, he didn't build, his son built the temple, but now you're really making me stretch my Old Testament memory as to whether he started gathering supplies, even though it was his son that would build it. It was, it was his son that built it, but it was everyone present as David was sort of talking about this in front of everyone that then gave the gifts. Mm. And so out of everything that when I Googled this, that I could find, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) You know, like the simplest answer would be to like, you know, well, for, for a king, I don't know, gold, like some sort of incense, something something along like something very traditional like that. But I also like, you know, let's give him some gifts to help um, build this temple. <laughs> God's answer. temple. Good answer. Well done. Morgan, who was your Old Testament character that you're buying a secret Santa for? Okay, so my Old Testament was Judah and my New Testament was John. Nice. So what um, are you getting so- Judah? 
I definitely didn't put as much thought into this, but I'm getting Judah a lion onesie. Ooh, yeah, oh, that's, a good, that's a good idea. The lion of Judah, when I, I like hear, that. Yeah, when I think of Judah, I think of lions, so I thought he could dress up as a lion. That's great. I want to dive in with my Old Testament character. So I was randomly assigned King Solomon, David's mm. son. Oh, there you go. And so I'm getting him. <laughs> If you're oh. on YouTube, you see that I've actually brought why I would He's get brought him. Something. I didn't bring my tons of gold, <laughs> silver, or bronze. Boom. FYI. Gosh. This I is know. a 2024 year planner because you see what Solomon is famous for is two things. Firstly, organizing and building God's temple. Hey. And so going like constructing a temple, you need to plan. Yep. Secondly, he's famous for having a thousand wives. Oh. <laughs> and so a year planner when you have this many people in your life feels very important. So here is my gift at 2024, because that is next year's year. That year planner. That's for funny. King I like it. I like it. I don't know if you're um I don't know how much I like you supporting the a thousand odd <laughs> wives by making it easier for the scheduling if you will, but anyway, I like it. It's funny. All right, let's do New Testament. Uh, Morgan, you were very keen to share about the Apostle John and what you would get him. Okay, well, I had two options for John. So one was a shiny new fishing rod, like a really nice, cool, (laughs) fluorescent fishing rod. Yep, nice. And then my second one was a Polaroid camera because he was sitting next to Jesus at the Last Supper so he could get some, like, cool photos. Yeah, for sure. And then we could dig up that Polaroid camera 2,000 years later and be like, that's what Jesus looked like. And nice. I just thought, like, imagine him, like, taking selfies next to Jesus at the table. That's fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. These are good answers. These are good answers. Josh, who did you have oh, for kind of, New Testament? That's kind of lame. Um, I had the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, first I thought about it going, I feel like Paul's the type of person that you were to give any gifts, he would say, no, I don't need it. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. would, he would instantly go, no, um, I'm not. I'm not accepting it. So I was like, well, okay, just hospitality, just a place to stay. Because um, he's always walking, you know, wandering around. So like a voucher for Airbnb or? Oh, yeah, or just, you know, like the couch for whenever you stay here. Like it's always, you're always welcome, sort of something like that. Um, <laughs> so what you've done is you've drawn on a little piece of paper like vouchers or tokens from Josh. Yeah, you know how you, as, the Apostle Paul. Is you do as a little kid and you give them to your, your, yeah, your yeah. parents. This is one hug. This one, is yeah, equal one, to one massage. Hug. Um, and then like my even lamer answer is, um, just spreading the good news. Oh, so his <laughs> Christmas gift is you will tell someone about Jesus. Yep. I, he would probably like it. I'm just saying he would like it. I'm sure he would, but that is the lame answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, lame person. Not okay. as good as like a, a lion onesie. <laughs> a lion onesie was a great answer. My New Testament character is I randomly got assigned one of the angels. Oh. And so my gift for the angels is a beautiful pair of sunnies because, you see, they spend their time in the glory of God, which ah. I can only imagine is very, very bright. <laughs> and so I have bought them a beautiful pair of Tommy Hilfiger sunglasses so that their wow. eyes don't hurt as much staring into the glory of God's face in heaven. And that is my answer. That is your that is your answer. That's impressive. I like that. I feel like you've played this before. <laughs> no, believe it or not, I've never played Bible character Secret Santa before. I will be honest, when I first randomly selected the characters for you, Morgan, I got 
Titus from the New Testament and Nehemiah from the Old Testament. <laughs> and I was like, Paul Morgan is our newbie. There's a chance she has no idea who these two I've people never are. Heard of them. <laughs> so I re-rolled them and then you got Judah and John. So Perfect. I was like, ah, oh, she definitely knows these two people. Mm-hmm. We're good. That's fun. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any thoughts of what you would give you know, these guys, what you would give David, what you give Paul, what you would give um, Solomon, you know, we'd love to hear. Or if you have any other, uh, any other ideas of who you would give gifts to other Bible characters, let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts on that. So we thought that the entire premise of our show is reading God's word and understanding it all. Um, but we didn't necessarily have lots of time to prep And so we thought what we would do is something called the Swedish Bible reading method. Um, Now, I have no idea if this actually originated in Sweden. Mm. I just know that it's called the Swedish (laughs) method. Um, And it's also just a really easy way to sit down and read the Bible. And so if you're a newbie listening, this might be a really helpful way as you approach any part of God's word. And basically what you do is you read a passage and then there's three things you do after you read the passage. The first is you sort of circle something that's like a light bulb, like something that shines out from the passage. So whatever impacts you the most or draws attention, like draws your attention to it. And so in a moment, we'll read Luke 2 together and we'll all share what could have shines from the passage. Mm. And the second thing is a question mark. So anything that raises questions for you. Um, What is a question that you would want to ask the author or ask God about this question or just ask another Christian in your life because it comes up for you from this question, from this passage rather. And then the third one is what's a personal application for me from this passage? Because we think all of God's word, even when it seems sometimes quite hard to apply it to your own life, all of God's word is helpful for application. And so we are going to read Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 21 which is really the main chunk of the Christmas story. And then we're all going to share those three things I just discussed and we'll see what conversations come from them. Today's reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, the birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, 
Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. So, what stood out to you guys from the passage? What stood out for me straight away is this giant event is just squished into such a little passage. (laughs) Like it was such a big impactful thing that happened and it's just like, yeah, so condensed. I know there's more to it, but. Yeah, especially because it's fulfilling prophecies that people were waiting for for such a long time. Mm. And then for us it is, you know, the reason why we're here, you know, it's the the two landmarks of our faith is Christmas, you know, the birth of the King of Kings, our Saviour, you know, Lord Jesus Christ, but then also his his death and resurrection. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just a couple, a couple of verses, not even, mm. you know, the entire chapter. <laughs> what stats to you, Josh? Um, there are lots of things that stood out for me, um, uh, especially upon reflecting over it, but I think one of, the, one of the big ones is actually to do with the shepherds. Mm. They weren't commanded to go and see Jesus. The angels didn't come and say, you must go and see him. All they did was let them know that the Savior has been born this day mm. and where to find him. And, you know, big fanfare for them, but they went, actually, hang on, let's go see him. And they they, travel, they traveled over there. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's like, I think a nice sticking point of they weren't commanded to do it, but they would, they did it out of their own, you know, volition. They, because they wanted to go see this savior. Mm. Now, obviously seeing angels and, you know, all, all, all and the heavens open and all that is probably a very convincing way of, you know, to, <laughs> to make that decision. But, you know, again, it's out of their own will to go see Jesus is mm. what stu- stood out for me. They chose to do it. And I think that's the thing that for me, it's the choice of going to see Jesus. Mm, love it. What stood out to me was verse 11. Like, yes, the angels appear to the shepherds and declare this wondrous event has happened. But verse 11 is such an amazing summary that almost every word is packed with meaning. Like you have references to prophecy about born in the town of David. You've got a savior's been born. So like you have to ask the question of what is he there to save you from? And mm. so suddenly you're already unpacking some of the gospel. I love the line of born to you or other translations say for you. Mm. Like this event, this birth, this person is literally for you. And then we go, here's the Messiah, which just has so much Old Testament connotations packed into one word. And then the Lord. Now the word the Lord is an interesting one because in the New Testament, Lord can mean just like, sir, like mm-hmm. like a kid would call you walking in the playground, just call you sir. Or it can mean Yahweh, creator of heaven and earth. And so whenever you read the Bible, you have to figure out where on the scale, where in the spectrum of Lord is this word being used. And if it's coming from the mouth of an angel declaring with a glorious choir that this Lord has come, I don't think they're just saying sir. Mm. I think they're literally saying Yahweh, the creator of the universe, has come to you. And so I just love the depth of theology packed into literally one verse. And that really stood out to me. Questions. 
I had a question um, where it says in verse 5, he went there to register with Mary. So part one of my question is, does that mean marry? I would say that's in reference to the census that was being taken by the Romans at the time. I thought it meant to get married. No, so at this point in the story, she's only pledged to him, but engagement Mm. works different in an ancient context to us today. And so once you're engaged in their context, mm. you're basically seen as a couple, but you're not. Like it's it's just weird and different. But at this point, it's almost like legally they were sort of married, but physically and socially there were still certain things they weren't doing or weren't allowed to do because mm. they weren't married. But there's, there's this big gray area, but it's a lot more intensive being engaged in this context than today. Mm. And so, so were they like frowned upon for being having a baby without being oh, technically married? Yes, or? very much so. Mm. Joseph wanted to call it off and that it doesn't get mentioned in this, in Luke specifically, mm. but again, I can't remember where exactly it gets mentioned. In but Matthew, because we talked about it in our yes, first ever in, episode. In Matthew, um, but because it, it was an angel that had to come and say, like it's going to be fine, Joseph. Or was it his dream? I can't remember which one. I think it was in a dream. Well, it's an angel appears in a dream to In a Joseph. dream, yep. I mean, both yeah, both then. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, it was big, a big deal. Mm. Yeah, but because legally they're almost sort of married, Mary has to go with Joseph because they're now seen as a unit. Mm. So she goes with him to register for the census, which is why they've now gone to Bethlehem. Mm. Um, but they're still not married. Yeah, which in itself, that is a huge thing because having to go to um, Bethlehem fulfills the prophecy found in Micah Mm. um, and is where, correct me if I'm wrong, King David's born? Correct, yes. Is he born? Yeah. And so even that fulfills that prophecy where they could have gone to different towns Mm. but because of this event that was happening, it forced them to then travel to Bethlehem, but then Jesus started his early years in Nazareth. Um, so it could have been completely different, And but because this prophecy was said and all these things sort of lined up, in, and I don't think that's coincidence. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. I think that's very much God's plan of all this all this coming together. But, you know, even that little, like, it's a question of, you know, being registered, but even that in itself um, sort of guides the path of, you know, the, the birth of the Messiah mm. and how we need all these things in, in line to then recognize Jesus' lineage and know that's actually, that is the Messiah. Yeah. Biblical scholars have identified approximately 300 Old Testament prophecies that Jesus explicitly fulfills. Mm. And what's crazy is he fulfills some of them before he has any say in the matter. Wow. Like, the place of your birth is not something you have any control over. Like you could you could imagine an Old Testament Jew sitting down with a list of prophecies of the coming Messiah and going, how can I tick all of these off? But before he was even born, Jesus is ticking off messianic prophecies. Mm. To me, when reading this as well, it doesn't, like the scene doesn't match in my head like a nativity scene with fluffy animals <laughs> and like it doesn't match to me. I don't know why. Well, I think it's exactly as you said before, is that such a grand, glorious story happens in 21 verses. Like we spend the whole Christmas season staring at the nativity scene and yet Mm. in like one verse here, it's like, oh, yeah, he's lying in a manger in a basically a stable. Yeah. And there's a nativity scene exactly as pictured, but. I'm expecting like a lovely barn with really nice hay and lots of fluffy (laughs) little baby animals. And it's, you know, very picturesque night. (laughs) The stars are all out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The but stars are brightly shining. They are brightly shining. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, that's I, and I guess that's you know the that's sort of like the point of this the story is that this is meant to, you know the savior, the king of kings, is just born in this very ordinary, almost not ordinary, like you know, like just very quietly. Um, everyone's going about their business, you know, almost no one would know this is happening um, sort of mm. scene, but like, you know, that's the humbleness of God. Of It's not like the armies of heaven coming down to bring, you know, God in his human form. It's it's a baby boy born in, in, a, in a manger on a very quiet, like on a quiet night where... A silent uh, night. A sil- yeah, silent <laughs> night you could say at the... Um, I'm not intentionally doing this. Um, <laughs> You know, unassuming, like it's it, it, it's not grand, as, but like for us, though, to your to your point, Morgan, it's because of our con like our context to the story, and we've made it grand, rightly so. Like we, you know, we we need for us, we need it to be grand because it is the birth of our savior. Mm. Yeah. Well, what is crazy is there is a grand moment in here. Mm. Like a legion, an army of heaven, of angels do appear. That's true. But to the lowest of, like to a bunch of random shepherds. Mm. Like it's not mm. before all the people. It's not before kings and rulers. It's to the low, the outcasts already in the mm. very beginning of Jesus' life. God is already showing the type of people he's come from, come for. Because mm. the people he's come for are the random as shepherds on the hill. Yep. It's just that again, yeah, that that humbleness of mm. God. I think is just reinforced again and again in these just few verses. Yeah. I also feel like this has all been such like a nice up until twenty one, it's like a really nice, gentle story, and then it's like and then they circumcise the child. <laughs> like, couldn't they put that in like another section? Like just you know, left the birth and all nice and stuff and then Well, for a Jewish person, that's just part of the process. There was nothing weird or icky about it. If anything, it just proves that Jesus is a normal as Jew. Mm. I know. It's just like because in my head the fluffy animals in the barn and then it's like that's not in the nativity scene. You just don't hear about that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we get that image. But, you know, (laughs) we we need it because it's it's the naming of Jesus, Mm. um, Mm. which is fulfilling what the angel said. Yeah. Um, in chapter one, in chapter it is one. there. I checked. Yeah, there you go. The um, f- fulfilling, fulfilling that, and so you know, it's the custom, and we sort of, we sort of, we sort of need it. You know what I mean? Mm. And I don't think any ancient reader would have had the same reaction to that no. as uh, you did, mm. Morgan. Um, that's not to say your reaction <laughs> isn't totally valid, but I think it's a more modern reaction or concern with yes. the story. Yeah, I think it's like when you announce like your friend had a baby or you've had a baby, you don't just then tell them, oh, like then we got them circumcised. Like it's just like not an announcement thing, but yeah. this feels like it's in that beginning phase of telling everyone. Mm, mm, mm. But I can see your point. Yeah. Josh, your question? My question. Um, There's not many questions I have coming from this because uh, it's fairly – Stock standard, growing up with the story, mm. is, you know, nativity scene, you sort of know it. It's How the Christmas was, story. It if is, you only go to church every year at Christmas, this is probably the only passage of the Bible you actually really know. Yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, we'd hope you know it um, inside and out. However, my question, I do have a question. Um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. However, we call him, or not we specifically, but um, people will then start to call him um, Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. But he was born in Bethlehem. Yep. And now I sort of I can kind of answer it myself, but that's <laughs> the do it, Josh. I, I think I, my 
my thought process is because they moved from Bethlehem to Nazareth and he started and he grew up more in Nazareth than he did in Bethlehem. That's why they started to call him um, Naz- uh, Nazareth, um, Jesus of Nazareth, because mm. um, that was the place he came from. Mm. But I do believe it was more of a slur against him because the Jews at the time didn't really, didn't hold the town of Nazareth in such high regard. Yeah, there is a comment later on when Jesus starts his ministry and someone goes, wait, this potential Messiah is from Nazareth? What good comes from Nazareth? Like it's Mm. just an utter burn on his hometown, which is brutal. But, you know, he is the good that came from there. Mm. Um, And so it it was one of those things that dawned on me going, you typically hear Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus of Bethlehem. Mm. So that was more my question. Yeah. Well, we do see in verse 39, had we kept reading, that they very quickly returned to Nazareth because they were only really in Bethlehem for the census. Mm. And so, yes, you're right. He spends the overwhelming majority of his life in Nazareth. But I also think Joseph and Mary are initially from there. And so it sort of just follows in the story. I think Mary is, but I'm pretty sure the reason why they went back to Bethlehem is because Joseph was from Bethlehem. I think they went to Bethlehem because that was Joseph's ancestral home, ah, not his actual, actual home. home. Okay, yep, that makes sense. So just to prove that they are from Nazareth, <laughs> in chapter 1, verse 26, we see that God sent Gabriel, the angel, to Nazareth to Mary. Mm. And we do get the vibe that Mary and Joseph are from the same town. That's how they met. That's how they ended up betrothed. Mm, that so that sense. is their hometown. Yeah. So just because you happen to be born in born Bethlehem in. because your parents happen to walk through there on the census day mm. doesn't mean you would be called that. Yeah. Now that makes sense. I mean, I'm not called Josh of Hornsby Hospital. Yeah, I'm not Lachlan of <laughs> Camperdown. You know, so. <laughs> if people are trying to steal our identity, they now know what hospitals were born yeah, in. Yeah, just, all right, better not give any, any other information. Not me, silly boys. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well done, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. My question comes from the footnote in verse 2, which says, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And then in the footnote it says, or the census that took place before Quirinius was governor of Syria, Um, which is just always fun little things when it comes to translation in the Bible of exactly what's going on. Mm. I will say from a historical point of view that that... the footnote option is more appealing to me because from memory, and again, I didn't do a lot of prep for this episode, is that Quirinius being governor does not fit timeline with when we think Jesus was born, but he was shortly after the right period of time. And so if it is the census that took place before he was governor, that fits perfectly with our expected timeline of events. So I prefer that translation because it harmonizes the Bible with the mm. current historical understanding of when people reigned in what areas. Yeah. There's there's a note I have here that says that potentially it was because I think it was Augustus, who was the emperor at the time, yep. announced Quinius as the governor prior to Jesus' birth. And so that's why there might be – he was announced but not yet – not in place. In place yet. And so maybe that's why they would use the name. But again, translation. It's always fun. Yeah. Little, little moments when you look at your footnotes of your Bible and you go, oh, there's 
some slight changes there. Mm. Not that it changes anything for us in the 21st century. No. But it's just, oh, there's it's either during or uh, or before. Those mm. are two different options. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's one of those things is like Luke put it there to give us some historical events of the mm. time. And it almost, I don't know, in a way legitimizes it in history mm. or gives us that uh, sort of timeline frame point of like this is when Jesus was born. Here are some big figures mm. for you to be able to understand when this is happening. Yeah, It also explains why Mary and Joseph, who are from Nazareth, mm. were suddenly in Bethlehem in fulfillment of prophecy yep. that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So it really mm. is the explanation yes. of how this all went down, mm. which is important. Yeah, otherwise it's them randomly going to Bethlehem and then randomly coming back home. Yes. It's, yeah, you, you need to explain that as an author. Yes. All right, we move to a personal application, which is the final point of the Swedish method, is this is God's word. What do you actually do with this? Well, I think my application point comes from sort of my observation whilst reading this was it's our choice to go see our saviour. It's our choice to go see and accept Jesus into our lives and follow him. And so my application point is to make that choice. Um, you, you, God gave us free will and so we have free will to go and, and seek that and to go to him. Not We're not commanded to do it but we're, it's out of our own free will to go there. And so I th- think my you know, application point, encouragement point is to go seek our saviour. Love it. That was literally the application point of the sermon last night at our Carol's event. So, <laughs> so well done. You Thank you. Perfectly aligned with Matt, who's our associate pastor and gave the exact same takeaway point. Excellent. Mine's kind of related, but not. But my application would be to just remember the true meaning behind Christmas and what happened mm. instead of just like what's out there and like mm. what we see. Yeah. Example, not to get caught up with all like, the... Yeah. Just remember like the true meaning behind it. Yeah, which is so easy to get distracted as Mm. things happen on Christmas Mm. or you just see how society and culture uses Christmas. Yeah, especially when you get down the rabbit hole of the cynical um, capitalist route and all the different – and, you know, the the lights, the lights and all the different festivities, yeah, just coming back to that, the main Mm. point, the the reason for the season. Mm. What about you, Lucky? Well done. Both in perfect unison (laughs) asking me. Um, For me it's – Again, back to what the angels declare, which is they declare that this is good news that will cause great joy for all people, which means that the celebration of Christmas, even though I think we can identify that culture has hijacked it for its own uses and purposes, and our culture has really forgotten the the real meaning of Christmas, to go back to Morgan's application point. Um, but while all that is true, this is for all people, mm. like explicitly in this passage, this event, this moment is for great joy for all people. And I just think that's a really fantastic reminder of for all of us, like this is for us. The angels from God literally tell us that this event, this moment, this Christmas is for us. Mm. And so as we all go into celebrating Christmas on Monday, Mm. that's something I will take with me is that this event is for us all. And we'd love to hear what you guys thought out of this and mm. from the from the Christmas story, what you what questions that you might have or what application points that you also uh, might have. And at the same time, why not uh, head over to our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, 
TikTok and give us a follow. Follow us, follow us there. So our plan for the new year is that we will be going into Acts. Mm. Um, that is our next season, our next book that we will be uh, diving into. Uh, however, bef- before that, there will just be a couple of episodes, mainly involving Lockie. <laughs> <laughs> just me speaking to the camera, but get excited for them. Yes, and then we have almost our episode zero, which is a interview that you did, Lockie. Mm. Yes, with Dr. Alan Thompson from SNBC, who... Unlike me, who just pretends to be an expert on this podcast, he is literally a world-renowned expert on the Book of Acts. And so I had the greatest privilege of sitting down with a true expert to have a like a long, natural conversation about the Book of Acts, which I'm really excited for. Mm. Um, I will say as a little insight into that interview that the best thing you can do to prepare for our season in the Book of Acts is to actually read the Gospel of Luke. Now, if you read along with us today, you just read chapter two. So go back, read chapter one, and then read the rest of Luke in preparation for Acts because Luke wrote Luke and then Luke wrote Acts. Mm. And so this is really the prequel of what we're going to look at. And so whilst we're prepping and getting ready to record those episodes and release that out for you, um, there'll be three, you know, bonus extra content Mm. for you to consume whilst um, we're getting ready for that. And then uh, we'll have Acts coming out on a weekly basis. So as I said before, give us a follow on all our social medias, but we also have a Patreon. Go check out our Patreon. That's a way for you to financially support us there. You'll get some early episodes and you'll get some uh, extra long episodes, bits that we cut out of uh, the normal episodes there. So if that's a way for you, uh, that's a way for you to financially support us that way. So check that out if you will. Lockie, why don't you just end us in prayer? Absolutely. Lord Jesus. We thank you that you loved us so much that you literally came to earth. You took all the majesty and power that you are and you poured it and combined it with a human nature and lived in a human body. And so thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas in just a few days. Um, Allow us to be aware that the reason we're celebrating this is that you came to us and for us. And so I pray right now over all our listeners that you will protect them this Christmas season. You will bring them joy this Christmas season, uh, but you'll also point everyone to yourself. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lockie Morgan, thank you. I hope everyone has a great Christmas and a happy new year, and we'll see everyone in the new year with our new season of Acts. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. A Mustard Seed Creative Production.